Hey, Eric here. This is part two of my conversations with Jonathan and talking about his story of thinking about pursuing medical school and switching into genetic counseling. Of course, if you have not listened to part one, I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend you to start there because this will build on top of part one. With that said, I'll catch you later. Yeah, I guess um, the moment I realized school wasn't that important, that was such a big freedom, like point of freedom. Like that's also coming from a person where at least in engineering, it's like, if you're not going for masters, school doesn't really matter for you. Um, am I going to do a masters? Maybe, but I'm going to do an MBA if I ever do a masters and that's down the line. So school's not the biggest importance for me anymore either. So it's kind of like when you get to that point where school isn't the most important, like I know that's different from people who need to do med school or like let's say law school or another professional like institution mm-hmm. or like postdoc where GPA does matter a lot and kind of references mm-hmm. and everything like that does matter. Um, but like, mm-hmm. I think for me, if I'm going to industry, school doesn't matter as much. Um, and <laughs> when for me, as I start to realize school didn't matter as much, like reflecting my past years, seeing you live high life, looking at cactuses and stuff like that, <laughs> but yeah. kind of noticing you and then seeing, think about my past years. I was like, Hey, school isn't as important and then for me that personally opened up just doors to more possibility like then i can more aggressively look for jobs i I know that's kind of similar to school but um in a sense they're very different um in how they operate Mm -hmm. how the worlds work and what you get from each so it's like okay now i can more aggressively try these different things try to apply to places try to see a world through internships like Yeah. yeah i was supposed to go to vancouver this summer you know like try to see different things see the world in that way and then of course friends socially so before I remember moving, having engineering friends really only in my program. And when you have that, your view of the world is very narrow, very, very narrow, mm-hmm. because you don't see the stories, the experiences, the lives of other people in other majors. You only see kind of your lived experience. But for you, it's not that important because you live that experience yourself, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of shared experiences there. Um, and then the, my, activ- my activities were also very school related, just everything towards um, what I wanted, good GPA and stuff like that. But kind of when starting to deviate away from that and noticing kind of different areas of wealth, I feel like I started to realize, hey, these are other places that are very worthy of investments, right? Like, hey, I'm not going to only invest in the technology sector or something. <laughs> I'm going to invest in mm-hmm. um, the consumer markets. I'm going to invest in index funds or like just diversify a bit in terms of my interests and mm-hmm. investing in my personal wealth, whether it be like kind of social wealth um or experiences stories to tell and stuff like that um mm-hmm. yeah that was a really big kind of flipping point for me also yeah and i feel that too i think like um in, in the first year and second year i felt the same where you only know what you've experienced and it's yeah. so easy to get caught up in a self-fulfilling cycle where um you don't see a way out like you only know what you know you've been living what you've been living and you think you'll be living like that in the future, or it's the only path to achieve what you want in the future. You're, you're always thinking, yeah, what I'm doing now, I could be happy tomorrow, but you never think, what could I be doing now that could make me happy now? Mm-hmm. Or by no with certainty will make me happy, not just maybe it'll make me happy in the future. And so that eye-opening experience again was like at Arizona where I realized like there there's so much more to life that I've been missing um and you know through university and high school at Colonel by like 
it was just so eye-opening to me and I, I hope like inspired like other people that um you know you can achieve more if you open your mind to try new experiences and it will help motivate you to per- perhaps like change what you do to be more mindful of mm-hmm. um what you want to get out of life yeah it's like i feel for me when trying to like um see determine what i want a lot of it just comes to like trying new experiences or like stepping out of a comfort zone right i think that's been something mm-hmm. for me that i'm trying to develop even now like trying to push towards like i remember mm-hmm. um going to like one of it was it wasn't a house party it wasn't a condo party like one of my friends hosted kind of a mm-hmm. chinese new year party sort of thing so he brought over mm-hmm. a bunch of spring rolls way too many spring rolls um, and we bad, <laughs> badly did dumplings or whatever but like there i was able to meet so many people um and like the great part is it wasn't engineering it was like people from everywhere so it's like tight i, I have right. like all these new stories and like damn we have mutual mm-hmm. friends we have a lot of mutual friends and it's just like very interesting mm-hmm. seeing kind of different people and just talking to different people and i feel like for me, if I want to like do startups in the future or do, or do whatever I want in the future, those perspectives mm-hmm. all kind of add on to one another. Like, I think now, um, especially seeing you go to Arizona, um, just seeing some of my other friends also do internships at different locations. For me, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I think one of the things I'm starting to think more of is I really want to travel the world. And it's like, I guess everyone wants to travel the world in a sense, but for me, it's like kind of in a romantic mm-hmm. way where I could sit on Mount Fuji and kind of have the winds or cherry blossoms kind of inspire my next um, like mm-hmm. venture, whether it be business or next pursuit or stuff like that, next yeah. hobby, whatever. Yeah. So it's like, I really want to see those different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, um, yeah, we, we all like envision um, like the life we already have continuing forward. But once we try things that are new to us, it just opens our eyes and say, wait a second, like this has been accessible to me all this time. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, why not try more new things and find out what we like? And, and it's about this, like life is about trying things, all the things that you've never tried before and determining what you, what you like and what you don't like, and then going for what you like. Right. Yeah. It's like, at least for me, it's always been now it's like, okay, trying to open as many doors as possible and just seeing what's behind the doors. And if I like what's behind the doors, mm-hmm. dope, then I'll walk through the door. But if I don't see what, if I don't like what's behind the door, then I'll just close the door again. Mm-hmm. At least I know what's behind the door, exactly. you know? So yeah, exactly. that's definitely been something. But okay, so you, I also remember you doing the JRE. That was, that was recent, right? Um, that was beginning yeah, of, like, the, summer. this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that, how was, how was studying for, how was studying for that and the MCAT? like in comparison okay yeah so um the mcat is basically a more comprehensive test um mm-hmm. everyone i think i can agree that the mcat is a lot more, more difficult, difficult and, and it's yeah. structured more differently i think uh all of these standardized tests we we really want to know uh what the schools want to get out of it because they're not just saying do this for no reason so we can mm-hmm. see your marks right what yeah. do they want to What's the real purpose they want to test? With the MCAT, it's critical reasoning. Um, in respect to, I think they have biology, chemistry, biochemistry, English, and critical reasoning. Um, I believe there was, uh, f- yeah, physics as well. 
all these science subjects basically that yeah. are that are cumulative of what you learned in the first and second years of uh essentially a life sciences or biology degree and so um it was tough because you had to learn and relearn all the materials from first and second year plus more of the sciences just to get a basic knowledge of that and then understand how to answer their questions because um and that just came down to you know practicing the questions right what yeah. they really want to test out of that is your critical reasoning skills and so I found it challenging. Um, the most challenging part to me was um, definitely had to be the memorization because for critical reasoning, you know, um, I was already okay at it. Um, but obviously I could improve with the questions. Mm -hmm. But having to memorize like the load of information that took the whole summer, it was difficult to balance that with, uh, I was doing the research at the Heart Institute almost about 20 hours a week. Yeah. So it's difficult to find time with that and uh, do the MCAT and also being less motivated because at this time I was reaching like end of second year and I, you know, I didn't, I knew I didn't have the same passion for medicine as some of my other colleagues. Um, and so it was just really trying to find the motivation was one of the toughest things, memorizing all the contact and then doing it. Um, it was unfortunate uh, that I had to, do it earlier than a lot of people because I had my Arizona yeah. um, exchange really early into August. Um, so I didn't even get any of August to study for it, whereas most people had their exam mid to late August. So they had that extra time. And then also I got sick for two weeks uh, mm -hmm. just before my exam too. So I already missed out on a month and a half of studying and I had to do balance like the work and things. So um, I did pretty decent for the science sections, but for the English section, because I never practiced for it, um, yeah. I didn't do very well with that. Yeah. Um, and with the GRE, it's less content, but I think most of the content is in the English vocabulary, uh, whereas um, the MCAT focused more on critical thinking. This focused more on... Um, the basics like the math there was pretty simple you just had to know like the basic formulas but you knew how needed to know how to critically think through the math questions i guess in a sense the gre also tests critical thinking but just less comprehensive like you had to know less like background knowledge just yeah. basic high school mathematics and the vocabulary and i found the gre pretty pretty decent um mm. easier than the mcat for sure in terms of the amount of time commitment, but in test, terms of test difficulty, you know, all of these are tested on a curve. Um, maybe the GRE yeah. is easier to get a better mark, but at the end of the day, none of the tests are easy because people who go into grad school and PhD programs, people go into medical school, you know, like it, the population are all competitive. Yeah. Not everyone who applies to medical school is a 4.0 GPA. There are so many people who are applying to medical school that are not going to get it. So the competition is still there and they're all graded on a curve. So they're both difficult to achieve really well. Because um, if, even if the content on the GRE is easier, that means it's easier for everyone. So um, it doesn't matter too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. At the end Did of the you? day.
did you find that you enjoy studying for the JRE? I know it sounds weird of me asking if you enjoy studying for the JRE, but did you enjoy studying for the JRE more than the MCAT? Because it was like you were studying towards something that now you actually wanted a little bit better or a little bit more than, oh, I don't know if I want to do this doctor thing. I'm just going to do it to get cash and whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely found the motivation for it was a lot easier for the GRE than it was for the MCAT, just because of what you, exactly what you said. At the same time, though, the subjects you actually study in the GRE were less interesting than the MCAT. With the MCAT, you were studying the sciences. So, you know, I've been studying the sciences my oh, whole yeah. life. So it was a little more, you know, interesting to me, the content-wise. But with this, I think there was an ex extrinsic motivation. So overall, mm -hmm. I would say the GRE was a bit easier to study for because I, I knew it was something I wanted to do well on in order to uh, get the schools I wanted. But funny enough, actually now, um, because of COVID-19, almost all my schools don't even look at the GRE. So I might have done it for nothing. Hey, it's part of the experience. It's part of all of it. <laughs> Wait, okay. What school were you shooting for? We just talked. I think last time we talked was like at our friend's house. Mm -hmm. I was like a month, last month or something. I remember back then you mentioned Stanford was one of them. John Hopkins was another. Yeah. And North, Northeastern, Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern University. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I applied to, uh, and I'm about to apply to uh I think a total of seven schools and yeah. uh, they include Stanford, UT Health, so University of Texas, Texas, Houston, a medical Houston, center. H-Town, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I heard it's nice there, very culturally diverse. Um, so keeping that an mm -hmm. option. Mm -hmm. um, Northwestern University, Johns Hopkins, and UCLA. And then... In Canada, it's going to be use, uh, UBC and Toronto U. Hey, and, Toronto uh, U. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so now, like, um, it's really about uh, the finance, finances, I think, and mm -hmm. what school I get. Because um, people think, like, okay, like, genetic counseling – it must be like pretty easy to get into maybe like nursing or something, but, and it's new, not a lot of people are applying, but actually like the acceptance rates for like people, there's, they receive on a, on average about a hundred applications mm -hmm. and each school only applies. I mean, only accepts around five to six people. So the cohort is really, really small relative to a, any other program you would see um, at university. So it's it's still kind of hard to get in. So now it's just seeing what like offers I even get. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the offers are made using a matching system. So you don't just it's not like OUAC where you get okay you saw you got accepted at this school, this school, this school. Yeah. You only get one offer at the end, and so it's just seeing what that offer is based on the rankings I put for the schools yeah. and yeah. what they rank for me. Um, I really wanted to go to Stanford, but the finance mm -hmm. and the return on investment financially is extremely, it doesn't look too good. <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. Tuition mm -hmm. is 90,000 and then living. So basically in total, I would accumulate about $200,000 
or a bit less than that in school debt. Yeah. And because genetic counseling has such a high, it's a good thing in one way where like the jobs, there's a lot of jobs coming out relative to the amount of people coming out with the degree. Yeah. Like the demand. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But that means with almost whatever degree I get at any school. And it's also like, uh, you in the end you get the license to practice isn't like um a research school or Mm -hmm. a research program so if you get the license to practice you can practice with so many jobs out there it's almost like whatever school i go to i'll be able to find a decent job so is stanford going to stanford financially worth it it's not like genetic counseling makes such a great amount of money like the salary isn't extremely high mm-hmm. so it's just looking at would i be able to pay off that school debt and would it be worth going to stanford and in, in my heart i really want to go to stanford of course still. I heard it's, like <laughs> it's stanford people's dreams cool i don't even know if i'll get it but i'm hoping like the uh the scholarship the fulbright scholarship will help mm-hmm. um let them know that i've had some experiences in the u.s and this is something that I've wanted to, uh, I, I've, I've know, I know I wanted to do to apply mm-hmm. to a U.S. school, um, and hopefully my grades. And recently, I've been doing some uh, counseling and uh, mm-hmm. program directing a little bit for a psychotherapy clinic. So I'm hoping all of mm-hmm. these and all the hard work I put into my grades and schooling and volunteer and research would help land me. Um, you know, an acceptance at any school. Um, but now it's also looking at the finances, right? UFT is also a really good school, right? Like mm-hmm. Stanford might be like number two in the world, but UFT isn't too far behind. So, like, I think top twenty at the very least, or top twenty. Yeah, UFT, UFT and, post 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 uh, post bachelor's or whatever postdoc is pretty good. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean, like. At UFT, I would only be paying twelve thousand compared Canadian compared to yeah. almost two hundred thousand USD. So, USD. You know, it's it's tough. Like in my mind, like oh, Stanford's the dream, but is it really the dream realistically and financially? It's tough. Um, and this is assuming I'll get into every like both programs, but still, like I need to make my ranking decisions before I even get the acceptance. So I need to think about this. Yeah. Something that's financially feasible, even if Stanford's like the dream school, if I get an acceptance, could I even afford it? What are, what are some metrics or or like areas you're using to determine which schools you want to rank? Like definitely prestige is of course one of them, right? Like when we talk about the Stanford's of the world, the U of T's of the world, Maybe not UFT as much, but the Stanford's of the world, it's or John Hopkins of the world, it's definitely prestige. It, uh, cost is up there. How about like atmosphere or like the location? Yeah, exactly. And and that's exactly why rather I look forward to uh, Stanford so much because it's in the heart of California near the Bay Area. I think it's a 30-minute drive from uh, mm-hmm. just San Francisco, mm-hmm. the hub of San Francisco. And I've been to San Francisco and I, I can say like, it's a very nice place. Spent my favorite day of my life there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously that's a little biased because I was a traveler rather than 
um, a like resident a resident there. Yeah. Um, so I I need to keep that in mind. But cost of living there, it's 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 so high, you know. Like so financially, it's very difficult. It's played a very large factor. But you know, in terms of the social, like we talked about social wealth, and like the environment. Um, yeah. I think weather is one of the things that are really influencing my decision. Like I want to live in an area <laughs> where it's tropical weather yeah. all year round, most year round. And, you know, California has that weather that I'm looking for. Stanford is a really nice school. I've There's a website called Niche, which people can rate their school experiences oh, yeah? at whatever university mm-hmm. and talk about like what they got of, out of it. Most people said like Stanford is like their dream school, and it is like the dream being there. And so, um, looking at the, uh, I guess, social aspect and life aspect, it seems that Stanford is like better than any of the other schools on my list. So, and then there's the prestige, um, like you know, you you went to Stanford, right? Yeah, uh, Stanford, dude. But again, <laughs> uh, the other thing I have to really consider is: um, do I want to be put my Do I want to put myself in that much debt mm-hmm. that you know I'm not gonna be able to afford? And keep in mind, this program is only for two years. So I'm only staying at Stanford two years, and then for the rest of my life after that, how am I gonna be able to invest? financially and myself when i have to pay that much debt um back how am i able to afford a house or start a family if if i have to pay that much where you know i can get similar prestige at uft for almost like 120th of the price yeah yeah that question always comes up um like i feel like i always find myself talking um, this concept with people and that's the idea of I guess um, an atmosphere of where you go versus like kind of cost benefit of that I remember when mm-hmm. I was trying to apply to the states back in high school um, like my dream school at the time was Berkeley so I remember talking mm-hmm. to my teachers of course you need teachers for references right and then they would always look at me and be like why it doesn't make sense it's so expensive but at least for me I always believe that the people outweigh the expenses that might be a really foolish way to think but Mm-hmm. At least for me, that's what I thought. It's like you can't buy people. You like it's hard to meet people. Um, very, very talented or people who think in a very different way, in like an innovative way. They're very hard to come by, um, and mm-hmm. usually they're all central. Like they attract one another, right? So usually they're central mm-hmm. in one area, right? And that area is Stanford. That area is Harvard. That area is Berkeley or whatever university, right? The area sometimes is some mm-hmm. varies focused area and where all these great people come i remember um visiting harvard like boston at the time um not that i wanted to apply to harvard but i just want to like tour just kind of like every tourist right you buy the mit you buy the harvard t-shirts and you kind of go along your merry way mm-hmm. i remember kind of yeah. going on that campus and just kind of like stood there and it was probably like i was probably staring at like a garbage can low-key but like the the feeling i get from it is there's kind of a sense of awe of some of the greatest inventions some of the most brilliant minds came from this one location um and they all mm-hmm. started from this location right you think of tech you think of like zuckerberg you think of bill gates or you think of whoever right 
um, in medicine, in policy, um, in law, just all these different areas of people came from this one place. And of course, there's like that for a lot of places too. But the question yeah. comes up of, okay, does attending a place like that, do you, does being admitted to a society, a group of people like that, is that worth the cost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always a question that I think about, even now a bit too, like even when I'm thinking about, okay, do I want to go live in New York? Do I want to live in LA? Like, of course I do, but of course there's a cost associated with that. Like, it's not always, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Like, there's always some give and take there. So that's always, I guess, a question that I always thought of in terms of cost and the people you're around. Yeah, and I I definitely agree with you. Like, the the social aspect and uh, similar aspects have to be really seriously taken into account. can't be just prestige and financially. But, um, yeah, it's tough. It's really balancing the three. because UFT uh, post undergrad is also extremely pre- prestigious. Like, there's a huge difference between their undergrad and post undergrad oh, yeah. program. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, so, and at a fraction of the cost, right? And also, yeah. like, financial feasibility. Like, is it even possible for me to take out? Like, I know it's like, is it worth it? But at the same time, another question could be could I even afford it? Um, so yeah, is it possible place. to take out that that many that much dollars in loans in the first place to be able to afford it? Um, I'm I, not exactly sure. I feel like you would be able to take out the loans. The question is, it, it, are you able to pay off the interest, like over the uh, like, yeah, exactly. as it comes, right? Like the interest will kill you out of anything else. Yeah, and also like yeah, I looked at the um, was it the the amount of loans you can take out and it's only 80,000 Canadian for the banks that I've been looking at. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's enough. Um, so it's a tough decision. It sucks, especially because I have to make the decision of program ranking. ranking yeah. Before I even get acceptance. It's not like I can get the acceptances and have some time to think where are my options? Because I only get one option in the end. I don't, you know, really have a mm-hmm. choice. I need to think about this beforehand. That's why I've been actually thinking about just uh, all this past month. Like, how do I want to rank the programs um, based on what programs I think I'll get and if I can financially afford it? And looking at that three areas of wealth, like how can I be more mindful of what I want to get out of uh, my genetic counseling program? Yeah, hey, if you're if you ever think of U of T, you know you can hit me up and I can do some convincing for <laughs> Toronto. So you know it's yeah. always on the table. Because I feel like I could pitch U of T pretty hard, even though I don't know what mm-hmm. this postdoc is like, but I feel like I could yeah. do some there. So if ever you need deciding. But yeah. Yeah, no, I think about the three areas of wealth again, right? We talked about the social wealth, we talked about academic and monetary wealth. There's probably other wealths out there too. Like there's probably like physical wealth like how fit you are um or things like that um definitely family mm-hmm. wealth is another um there's definitely a lot out there in terms of wealth would you say those mm-hmm. three is like kind of like your top sort of thing um well i don't want to exclude it to just three and then mm-hmm. say like the others are less important obviously how important each one is depends on your stage in life what your circumstances are and um you know who you are as a person so 
mm-hmm. what do you value? Um, obviously, I can say like in second year, I was thinking of financial wealth um, because of I was course. just a student. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now it's more about my physical wealth. Am I, you know, being healthy, working out? Um, and then maybe I was thinking about social wealth. How do I want to get the social experience out of Queens University and during my uh, undergrad? Mm-hmm. Um, I eventually got that in Arizona. So mm-hmm. that was the wealth I was thinking of. But, you know, th- these factors of wealth, they're extremely fluid. And I think they're fluid for everyone. It's too, I don't want to put like a hard label that say th- these three are the most important. And they're the most important for everybody because for everyone, depending on who they are, where they are at life, um, it could change and it could very well change um, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, yearly basis throughout one's life. Mm-hmm. What is okay? I'm always this is something that we I feel like we always touch kind of briefly or like we talk here and there in our friend group when it's kind of late before everyone has to go. Um, but where do you like yeah. envision yourself, let's say, 20 years down the line? Like, what's the end game for you? Or is there end game for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to put like a end game because mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of a, I don't know what the word to describe it, but um, when people put an end goal in what they want, like, oh, I've always wanted to become, let's say, a doctor. And once I become a doctor, all my dreams will be fulfilled and I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, then once they achieve that, there's a sense of emptiness again. Okay, wh- where do I go from now, right? Mm-hmm. So I just, i rather look at it as what are some milestones that I want to hit along the way through my journey in life. Mm-hmm. Um, not end goals like I don't have to achieve it, but you know I would like to see them along the way as I uh, progress throughout my life and as an individual. Um, one of them is yeah, going th- to uh, genetic counseling mm-hmm. grad school is something I've always wanted, and to find fulfillment in that. And uh, ideally, you know, I would want to work in California and. And work around mm-hmm. a little bit. Like I don't want to stay, and I've never wanted to stay in Ottawa. Like for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, some people might feel different, but mm-hmm. I'm the person in my 20s. I really want to move around and, and yes. try all the new things. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I found that out, especially in Arizona. Wow, like I could be somewhere else and have such a great time. I want to try that with multiple places and see what I like. Um, and so you know, it comes down. The good thing about genetic counseling is um, with the accreditation of being a genetic counselor, Mm -hmm. if you attend to an accredited school in the U.S. or in Canada, you can sit for the board exam for both Canada and the U.S. So that gives you the permit to work in either country. So it's not like mm -hmm. once I stay in the U.S., I have to go back to Canada and only work in Canada. Mm-hmm. Or I have to work in the U.S. and can only practice in the U.S. It's not like in medicine where there's a huge barrier to transition to another country. Mm-hmm. So with genetic counseling, there's so much freedom. Okay, I want to work in, and it's also like you can work at any state too. You know, you don't have to. Yeah. It's not like the license to practice is only restricted to a certain state. Mm-hmm. 
um, so I can work anywhere, right? I want to travel around the U.S., around to Canada. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the the rules are traveling to Europe, but if I can, you know, I, I'd love to practice yeah. in Europe a little and, you know, see what life is there, what life is like there. Do you have and so, you have some do you have some cities that you're already thinking about? Like I think for me, I'm like it I always loved New York, even though I've never been there, at least that I remember. Mm-hmm. Like I always wanted to go to New York City and live kind of the life there. Like literally Knicks and Brooklyn Nets games, even though they're kind of bad, but mm-hmm. basketball games, um, you have New York Fashion Weeks there, Times Square yeah. is there, like literally culture is there and then the flip side has always been okay. I also wanted to see California, like LA. LA has always been another destination. Like it's been those two, yeah. um, and then like Chicago, maybe because it's near my birthplace. Um, so Chicago, mm-hmm. maybe like London, England would be so tight. Um, yeah, yeah. Has there been some cities that you're thinking about? Yeah. So actually, um, California is one of them. I've been to California now. Um, I can say. I don't really like LA as much as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more just, it's become more of just a downtown, like another, another downtown, downtown of a, yeah. a city. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like the media likes to portray the good sides of it. Yeah. There, there's beautiful beaches. <clears throat> People talk about Santa Monica, like it's some dream ocean, but if you really go there, like it's, one of the worst beaches, honestly. <laughs> um, and it's dirty. There's so many garbage and homeless people in LA. Um, mm. I, w- I did go to San Francisco and San Diego. I really, really loved San Diego. So one of the less like populated and with less homeless people mm-hmm. um, cities in California, I'd really, really love to practice there. Uh, one of the reasons too is the weather and like the scenery. I really like the palm trees and the beaches, like the tropics. I really, really enjoy that. So I've always wanted to practice in California. I think though it is expensive. So during like when I first graduate, maybe I'd like to move somewhere cheaper um, to be able to pay off the debt that I would owe. Uh, Maybe like that would be Texas where they don't have like that income tax. That's oh yeah, Texas, Houston. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but just traveling around, I wanted to go to Spain. I heard uh, now in in Europe they're picking up genetic counseling. It uh-huh. used to be very restricted to just um, the UK and the US actually, and and I say like genetic counseling is an emerging field, and it really is because so many countries. It used to be only a job in the U.S. barely, and in the U.K. Yeah, so and now it's coming to Canada. We have now four schools that have programs for it. it used to be three, I think, just a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and like now, like countries like Spain are picking up genetic counseling. So I really want to see in the future, you know, if there's uh, the job market for it. I'd like to uh, travel to different places and experience different cultures and help other people. And um, one of them, yeah, is Spain, California, maybe Texas, Arizona. Um, New York is nice too. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, when I have a bit more money saved up, I would like to work there. 
there's a lot of genetic counselors working there actually now. Mm-hmm. I think the big three hubs of genetic counseling is in um, California, Florida, and um, New York. York. So, yeah. so just, yeah, those cities would be nice. Keeping my mind open too, though. doesn't have to be those three. Mm-hmm. How do you, okay, one thing I'm curious about, how do you feel the the application process is like for grad school? Like we went over <clears throat> one application already, like we did university applications, um, transitioning mm-hmm. to high school and university. Is doing like a master's or like genetic counseling, is that application, like does it invoke the similar feelings as you had um, in high school and transitioning or is it like kind of completely different and completely novel? Um, yeah, I'd say it's actually quite different mm-hmm. um especially in schools in canada i think what we needed to do is OUAC, and that was just submitting our high school grades i think that was it pretty much maybe like a few programs write some, ask for you have to write some stuff yeah maybe yeah. some programs would ask you to answer these random prompts i think like master health sciences did that a few cs programs may have done that i'm not exactly sure Mm-hmm. but it was relatively simple um now with the uh grad school at least for genetic counseling you would need to submit yeah your university marks you have to have three letters of references at least for my program so it's you have yeah. to look at for those references yeah um and they have to write like actual letters it isn't just like you check like oh is he good yes is he great yep mm-hmm. um you have to write personal statements so it's basically like about you and why you want to pursue this degree and why at this school and what makes you a good fit. Mm-hmm. Some schools require supplemental essays. Um, some schools require like diversity statements. If you want to try for scholarships, like why, what makes you think you would contribute to the diversity of the program? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of other things you need to um, prepare for when applying for graduate school and it's also at least in my experience a lot more expensive um my stanford application i think was 125 usd oh, which is insane about right. About right. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really really expensive um ucla too and then like tuition yeah. for grad school in canada like it's paid for you like like it's publicly funded education so it's very cheap in canada mm-hmm. Um, maybe you get tuition no more than 20,000 if you're in like business or engineering Um, as cheap as like for me it's just 10,000 a year around Um, Mm. but in the US and that's Canadian dollars the US like looking at Stanford it's 90,000 just for tuition and then living white like 1,200 and keep in mind at this point especially for people pursuing sciences we don't have like internships yeah it's not like tech like we we have no way to pay for it and it's not like we can work while we study because it's a very rigorous program so Mm -hmm. it's are we like it's one of the disparities i think in the u.s among so many others is like how do poor people in the u.s afford higher education that's so inaccessible to them um, yeah, sure. There can be like a super smart guy that that wins all these awards and then gets all the scholarships to go and gets a full ride. But what about the millions of other people who don't? And um, 
Yeah, so it, it's about the money um, when compared to like applying for undergrad in Canada. It's a bit different. It's less yep. about the money, about which schools you get and which one you want to go to. Yeah, it always seems like as you get older, you realize the importance of money or where money plays its role now. Like especially me, like now I'm starting to make some money due to internships and stuff like that. It's like seeing what money could really do for me aside from buying jewelry and stuff I like. But it's now it's like, okay, I could invest this money. I can make it grow. I could save. What else I could do? Okay, and I could use this money to make more money. Or, oh, I can now go on vacations if I want, right? It's like now since high school, it's like in high school, it's like, oh, everything's paid for parents, right? Paid by parents. At the mm-hmm. time, at least for me, it was. Um, but I didn't have high right. expenses anyways. But there's always a sense of guilt, or there's a sense of, oh, um, money is just money. I don't have to worry about that about it that much. But I'm not using it anyways. But now, as I'm mm-hmm. older, and I was like, okay, I'm making money. I actually control what I'm going to do with my money, and I'm older, so I could also like travel alone if I want to, right? Um, yeah. I could and, do and, things. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that really ties well into the point where I was trying to make with. Like, is Stanford really worth it? Yeah. Like, we talk about, like, yeah, the environment, there's nothing compared to it, right? No, nothing. Or at least there should be nothing compared maybe, to it. Maybe Harvard. Think about Harvard it. Like, MIT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and even right now, the, the ranking for Stanford is higher than Harvard, but not MIT. Yeah. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's one above. Um, but you think, like, okay, I'm, I might be paying $150,000 more Canadian. Could I use that money? to open up more doors. Like I could be using that money to travel and I could go to 30 countries in Europe. Yeah. And do a back <laughs> trip while still getting my genetic counseling degree at a good school and maybe even afford a car. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is yeah. it really, really worth it? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So I'm not too sure. In the end, it seems like it all comes down to money, or a lot of it comes yeah. down to money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Now, okay, now this one I'm curious about. If you can, like, give yourself advice, two things. If you could give advice to yourself, uh, let's say, um, in high school, you, what would you give? And if you could speak to yourself in the future, what would you say? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm curious. I think. Uh, for sure in high school, I would tell myself to uh, expand, like my, open up my mind a little bit and, and join like clubs that I haven't joined and talk to mm-hmm. people who I don't normally talk to. Cause you know, we get this sense of we're living like we are now and we, that's going to be how we live in the future. Like, okay, I'm with this friend, friend group now. Why, why, why should I go talk to other people? Like I'm comfortable where I am, but it's mm-hmm. not about being comfortable with where you are it's about being able to experience new things and open up new doors yeah um would i have gone to the ib program um i can (laughs) say i maybe you know maybe not yeah but again it's hard to say because if i didn't go there would i have gone like the grades i got in university i went on the exchange i did and then be where i am now like you know it's hard to tell so that's one of the things like if I could change my past, would I like, I'm not exactly sure. Cause I don't know the down 
the consequences that would follow if I made a different choice. Yeah. So it's hard to assess if I would have changed anything, but any advice is being more open-minded and focusing a little more on like the social aspect of high school while it's still present, you know, because we look at our friends now, where do we get all of our friends? It's most of them are from high school. It's not uni really, at least for me. Um, And so like, that's where you're going to make your lifelong friends. So use that time well to make good friends and connections then because they could help you down the line. Um, and yeah, for in terms of the future, I would just say like, keep in mind like mm-hmm. what you're really trying to reach for. Um, Cause I've too long. It's been about one end goal. Okay, I want to become a doctor. So I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'm suffering all this now. Maybe it'll come with the reward. But now it's being more mindful. Like, is this really what I want to do? Um, will this make me happy? Am I happy right now with what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And then looking at assessing everything I do in terms of like, well, return to me, not just financially, but socially. Am I like getting something out of this? Am I learning something new? Am I being a better person? Am I experiencing new things? With everything I do now, it's about being more mindful of how it's going to benefit my whole life as a as a whole. Hmm. Wise words. Yeah. Looking ahead, looking back. I mean, hey, now I got words that you could reference yourself now. So when you're 10 years down life, you reference this episode because it's going to be. Yeah, I'm going to listen to this Spotify again. I mean. I mean, I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna hell. I'm gonna either cringe or be like, "Wow, those are pretty good days," but probably cringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was another episode of the Nobody Yet podcast. Um, of course, thank you y'all for checking in. This is probably gonna be a two-parter, but catch you in the next one. We'll see who we have next. Peace. Thank you so 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 much for listening for the episode of Nobody Yet. Of course, we have weekly episodes every Monday, so you can always expect to find content then. If you're interested, join the Nobody Yet community, you know? Uh, follow us on Instagram, we are Nobody Yet. YouTube, Nobody Yet Podcast. Of course, you'll see visuals there for our podcasts as well as any additional content. And of course, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, just anywhere you can imagine. And of course, if you like what you hear, uh, give us that follow or give that five-star review. We thank you so much for it. And of course, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.